Now, I've already apologized to the parents over because and over again. You know, I don't apologize to you. Don't apologize to you. Attorney Norm Pattis called it strategic. We thought it was vicious and uncalled for and gratuitous. But at the same time, the plaintiff's attorneys called for a recess to determine how they'd orchestrate the rest of the day. You think I could book that for like the, the, the weekend of the 14th when the soundtrack comes out? If, if so, bump somebody. I, I, I love you, man. Bye. I got my MTV out. I'm a savage! Oh! I'm a savage! Whatever I want, I'm going to get! Whatever I want, I have to get! And, and you're confident uh, on these cases. You don't think you're going to be behind a uh, defendant table throughout the entire campaign, crippled and unable well, I mean, to campaign? You know, if I am, if I am, it's going to show what a fake deal it all is. It's all fake. It's all, it's all just fake stuff. Do you want it televised? In order uh, to interfere with the election. This was election interference at the highest level. One person responsible for this nightmare, and he's acknowledged and he brags about it, Donald Trump. Chief White House correspondent Mary Bruce Travel with the president. Good morning, Mary. 20 rape conviction against former media mogul Harvey Weinstein was thrown out by New York's highest court today. Now to another big headline. Arizona's governor plans to sign a bill today repealing a 160-year-old abortion ban. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Patriot News Hour with your host, Joshua Capilla, the independent with conservative values, fighting the liberals, protecting the homeland from terrorists, domestic and foreign. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not going to stop. We're not going to stop. We're going to tell the truth. They want to suppress the information. They want to spread the lies. But we're holding everyone accountable. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Patriot News Hour. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. We're back once again. We're fighting the enemy on his own territory. We're knocking him out the batter's box, ladies and gentlemen. Look, Iran, they're back. They're causing trouble. They want to get involved in this war, even though they already are involved in this war. Hamas is just a proxy wing of Iran. And look, there's been a lot of deaths. They've been a lot of casualties. They killed a lot of babies, killed a lot of individuals. They're using infants and babies as shields and they're posting videos of this stuff ladies and gentlemen proud of it i don't care what your religious leanings are how are you proud of holding up small children in video and just gloating about using them as human shields so what we're going to do is we're going to jump to fox news we're going to cut to a soundbite and i want you guys this audience to hear it for yourself. Tune into the show, subscribe, don't miss it, because if you do, you're going to be missing very important broadcasts coming up, ladies and gentlemen. So let's take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Forces hitting key Hamas targets in the Gaza Strip as a massive ground invasion seems imminent. So what would it look like and how could it play out? Let's ask retired Navy SEAL and recon Marine vet 
Mike Sorelli. Mike, thanks for being here. Uh, what would it look like? Um, and especially with Hamas discouraging its people from leaving uh, the northern part of the Gaza Strip. Well, Hamas has always utilized civilians as human shields. And what Israel's trying to do with these warnings to vacate is to rob them of that ability and aid their distinction between non-combatants and civilians. But what yeah. will this look like? Let's use Fallujah, the Battle of Fallujah as context, which is one-eighth the size of Gaza. Uh, similar to the coalition forces gave one month for the people to vacate the area so that only al-Qaeda was, uh, was left. It took six weeks to clear that city, resulting in 100 coalition lives. So this is house to house, block to block, and urban combat, as we know, seeing Way City and on, is, is deadly. And that's in Fallujah without the massive underground tunnel complex that exists in Gaza. Is it possible, Mike, that we could be looking at a massive buildup as a precursor to a hostage rescue, that maybe it isn't an all-out uh, because Israel knows what it would take uh, to go house to house in the Gaza Strip. With such a densely populated area right now, as they start, and as you said, the, the ground war is imminent, as they uh, go into uh, to northern Gaza, special operations will probably be in tow, if not supporting the infantry on the ground, waiting for further intel as they find and fix hostages and then do very specific, precise raids to get as many hostages out as possible. But with the densely populated area, it's like trying to find a needle in a haystack. Yeah, Mike, I mean, it, someone with your experience and context, have you seen anything as complex as what the Israeli forces are fighting here? No. Uh, Pete, this is far worse than what we faced in Iraq uh, in the Battle of Ramadi and Battle Sadr uh, for me, which I was wounded in the Battle of Ramadi. It's deadly. It's, it's fierce. And my prayers go out to the IDF, who is prepared. The IDF is well-trained in urban combat. They live in this environment and remember the Lebanon conflict of 2006, where they gained a lot of experience. Yeah. So uh, they're not new to this. Uh, they're well-trained. You've probably worked with them. I've worked with them. They're a professional army. Mike, you know your stuff. Thank you for your service to our country and your expertise this morning. We appreciate it. Look, ladies and gentlemen, to be honest, this ground war is going to be nothing but a pure living hell. Nobody's looking forward to it. You got guerrilla tactics. You're going to have enemies hiding, taking pop shots, setting traps. The civilians are being urged to leave Gaza, but Hamas wants them to stay for the so-called greater good, their greater good, to be used as guinea pigs and human shields. There's nothing more cowardly than to use a citizen that's doing nothing but just going to work and trying to support their family. And I really want to express my feelings here. I've went out on the streets and I've talked to individuals, friends, co-workers, and just your average everyday American. And it's always go Israel, go Israel, bomb them, bomb them, bomb them. And a lot of Republicans are on their war wagon just ready to go to war and drop bombs. And to be honest, ladies and gentlemen, we need to understand there's nothing great about war, casualties, death, losing loved ones. If you watch the news, you can see buildings, the rubble of buildings, bearing babies, infants, toddlers, wives, mothers. Not every single Palestinian is a terrorist. Not every Jew is a good Jew. Not every Israelite is a good Israelite. Um, so we need to really understand and we need to put everything in context. It's not all about supporting Israel and having bomb and blow um, all the Palestinians to smithereens. And I'm very aware of the universities, what's going on with Harvard and the rallies they're having. And we're going to jump to a soundbite 
and Harvard, um, the college, to kind of see what's going on in that pro-Palestinian rally. To be honest, there's bad things going around on both sides, and the war is escalating to the degree to where Israel is cutting off water and power and services, humanitarian services, so Palestinians can survive. Now, I get it. Hamas entered. They committed the first attack. Israel wants to decimate and destroy at this time, ladies and gentlemen. So let's jump to another soundbite about the pro-Palestinian rally in Harvard. And I want you to hear it for yourself. So ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Africa, a system akin to Gaza's and the West Bank's. The Black Brother and the Palestinian Brother, the brothers and arm, we are one and the same. across the country. Here at George Mason University, students of Palestinian descent held a rally today. They made it very clear that they did not want to speak with us, but they did allow us to listen to some of the speeches. Long live Palestine! Long live Palestine! Voices raised, diversity in thoughts and beliefs, ringing loudly in the heart of college campuses. From the river to the sea! On Thursday, George Mason University students draped with Palestinian flags shared their thoughts and experience. As university students, it is crucial to have a genuine understanding of the true nature of decolonization. Signs paired with red, green, and black buttons could be seen through the crowds. The rally put together by the group Students for Justice in Palestine at the university is a part of the organization's national call to action. George Mason University President Dr. Gregory Washington issued a statement reading in part, we come together to mourn the loss of so many lives, as well as to condemn the acts of terrorism that have targeted innocent civilians. Condemnation of these horrific acts of violence should not be confused with the need to address issues of freedom and democratic self-determination. 
A university is a place where people come to speak their minds, and this is constitutionally protected speech regardless of what a person might think of uh, the content of it. A school spokesperson says the focus remains on protecting students from threats and giving them the help they need. Anybody who feels uh, unsafe or vulnerable or victimized or traumatized, and it doesn't matter who you are or what your uh, perspective is, their services there. Necessary services as many young minds try to cope with the suffering and thousands lost abroad. In Fairfax, Dominique Moody, News 4. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to read an article from Reuters, and it was September 22nd. And it was updated about a year ago, and it's Israeli Israeli Prime Minister Lapid backs two-state solution with Palestinians. So here we go. Are you ready, ladies and gentlemen? Israeli Prime Minister Yair Lapid called on Thursday for a two-state solution to decades of Israeli-Palestine conflict and reasserted that Israel would need to do whatever it takes to stop Iran from developing a nuclear bomb. If, if Iran gets a nuclear bomb, it's going to be a deadly situation. I mean, we have King Jim Un firing these ballistic missiles over Hawaii. We have Vladimir Putin threatening the world. These dictators are trying to build a coalition so they can threaten the free world. So let's continue this article. His mention of a two-state solution, the first by an Israeli leader in the years as the United Nations General Assembly echoed U.S. President Joe Biden's support in Israel in August for the long-term dormant proposal. An agreement with the Palestinians based on the two states for two people is the right thing for Israel's security, for Israel's economy, and for the future of our children, Lapid said. He added any agreement would be conditioned on a peaceful Palestinian state that would not threaten Israel. Lapid spoke less than six weeks before November 1st election that could return to power the right-wing former Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, a long-standing opponent of the two-state solution. Ladies and gentlemen, to be honest, Israel needs a two-state solution. But I believe that that's not the only thing that Israel is really concerned about. I think Israel is really concerned about um, the Palestinians no matter what. Um that they're always going to be hostile, that Hamas or some other terrorist organization is going to move through there and always threaten their people. I mean, you got Al-Qaeda, you got Hamas, you got all these different fractions, and they're always building coalitions and working together. And even though they might be at odds with each other, their common goal is the same thing. It's to eradicate Israel and to claim the land that they believe God promised them. So we got these universities, they're embroiled in battling and debating. And a lot of these Palestinians, ladies and gentlemen, they don't even have the rights. Well, none of them have the rights they have in America. We do have to be aware and be careful of homegrown terrorism because it can't happen here in this country. And America is a great country. We got the freedom of press, the freedom of speech. I mean, we're unique our economic engine, our people come together and they operate off freedom. But when religious ideology, because of extremists, threatens to take hold of our democracy, we need to be vigilant. We need to be aware as a country, as a people, and as a nation. So I want to switch gears and I want to head over to the supreme leader of Iran. And he's saying that they had nothing to do with it at all. And we can't believe this. I mean, look at the Russian-Ukraine war. 
they're flying Iranian drones and crashing them into innocent people over in Ukraine. We got multiple wars. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, we could be facing World War III. We just don't know. I mean, the Democrats talk about global warming and the climate. Republicans want to deny it, the majority of them. I mean, our biggest threat is the human race threatening to exterminate itself with these authoritarian, crazy individuals in power. So ladies and gentlemen, let's switch gears and let's hear the Supreme Leader himself. Are you ready? Leader has denied any involvement in the Hamas attacks on Israel. He told an audience at a military academy that Tehran supports and defends Palestine and its resistance. Supporters of the regime and some officials of the occupying regime have said some nonsense comments over the past few days. They introduced Iran as the one who is behind this operation. They made a mistake. We, of course, defend Palestinians. We kiss the forehead and arms of the brave fighters and youth of Palestine. Yes, it's true. But those who say that non-Palestinians were behind what was done, they do not know Palestinians well. They have underestimated the nation of Palestine. That is their mistake. Let's speak now to Dorsa Jabari. She joins us live from Iran's capital, Tehran. Dorsa, give us an idea of just how significant it is that we've got the supreme leader coming out himself to deny any involvement from Iran in this Hamas operation. Well, it's certainly significant. The supreme leader, Ayatollah Ali Khamenei, is the commander-in-chief of the country's armed forces. But his comments weren't just about this specific denial. He spent about 10 minutes or so talking about the events that have unfolded over the past few days at the graduation ceremony at Imam Ali uh, Military Academy here in the capital. Uh, he highlighted the fact that there was uh, that many people are calling uh, what took place a failure uh, in terms of the Israeli military intelligence, uh, but he said it's irreparable what has happened, meaning that the Israelis will not be able to fix the damage that's been done to them. He also highlighted the fact that this was at the, by the will of the Palestinian people themselves uh, who carried out the attacks. And uh, he said that uh, right now what is happening is that Israel is using the narrative that they are the oppressed. They've turned things around. The oppressors have become the oppressed. And he said they're using that as a justification to carry out the strikes on Gaza. And he said that this will also um, see a harsh blow to them, uh, really serving as a warning to the Israeli officials who have been pointing the finger at Iran and the Supreme Leader himself taking the opportunity to deliver his own warning back to them. And the Supreme Leader also, also expressing solidarity with the Palestinian people. Just tell us, uh, give us an idea of what support Iran actually gives. 
Well, officially, uh, Iran has not admitted to providing financial or military assistance to the resistance groups uh, in Palestine, but they have said that they do provide humanitarian assistance uh, over the years and that uh, it will continue. The Supreme Leader highlighting the fact that it is the duty of all um, Muslim nations to come to the aid of the Palestinians in whatever uh, shape or form they require. So uh, he really left it very vague in terms of how and what form the assistance would take place. But he said that it is their duty to do so. I think it would be up to the Palestinians to decide what they require and what they ask for. Uh, but I think it's certainly uh, the relationship Iran has had with Palestine has always been very strong and very close. The leadership here since the revolution of 1979 has seen it as as seen Israel as one of their number one enemy. They don't recognize the state as such, and they believe that it is the Palestinian people's right uh, to live freely in their own land. So the relationship has always been a very close one, and now it appears that that will continue. Okay. Dorsa Jabari joining us there from Tehran. Thanks very much for bringing us the latest there. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Look, I want to clarify something. Um, Palestinians do have it hard and they are being oppressed and it's very difficult for a Palestinian to move around Israel or a Christian but the Iranian supreme leader um, he, look at he's not telling the truth he is paying financing funding militant groups to go into Israel and destroy them and he wants to drag America in and he hates America he trains his military to hate the European and the Americans. They consider him Satan, the devil, small d, and the big d. And they're always planning these attacks. They're always planning these manipulative situations to drag America into. And I can give you a prime example. I will play an audio soundbite in Iranian language, and then I will read what they are saying and chanting in English, and I will interpret it for you. Because I want you to hear this, ladies and gentlemen, their supreme leader. They hate America. They want Americans dead. They hate Israel. They want Israelis dead. This is not just a historic fact. This is a current fact right now in today's history. And we need to do something about it, build a coalition. Hopefully there can be peace talks because we don't need more war and more chaos. Look at Afghanistan. Look at all these wars we've been in. Most of them have just ended in nothing but pure disaster, pretty much all of them. So we're going to make a transition to the supreme Iranian leader himself before we close the show out. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? God is the greatest. Kalamini is our leader. 
death to America. The U.S. authorities complain and ask, why do Iranians say death to America? Let me make something clear for the U.S. leaders. Let me make something clear for U.S. leaders. Death to America means death to Trump, John Bolton, and Mike Pompeo. It means death to the rulers. We have no problems with the American people. Death to America is about the rulers of America. It's about the group of people who are currently in charge. There will be others when the next term of office begins. As long as America continues its wickedness, the Iranian nation will not abandon death to America. I recommend that one should not trust the Europeans just as the Americans. My advice when we were in negotiations with the Americans two to three years ago over the nuclear issue was that they cannot be trusted. I said this in a private and public forums and during my speeches. I said they cannot be trusted in what they say and the promises they make. I even said don't trust when they smile. These people cannot be trusted in any way. Not even a signature can be trusted. We have now reached a point where our officials who were involved in negotiations back then are now saying that the Americans cannot be trusted. They should have understood this issue of trust back then and should have acted accordingly back then. No, it's a similar situation with the Europeans. They also cannot be trusted. We don't say don't have contacts with them. We need to, as a government, to have contacts and relations, but it's an issue of trust. You must look at the Europeans from a pessimist point of view. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the wise words of the Iranian supreme leader himself. Well, we're going to sign off. Look, we're going to start doing this podcast live. It's going to be a big thing. We got the merch line coming out. I just want to say God bless you. God bless the USA. Always strive for peace before you strive for war. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, this is the Patriot News Hour. Joshua Kapia signing off. God bless you all.